You're listening to Chewing the Fat On Demand. Welcome to it. This is Chewing the Fat post Black Friday. Smack dab in the middle of Cyber Monday. Are you going to? I can't. I mean, cyber, every day is cyber shopping day. That's what it's supposed to be, right? Uh, anyway, this is Chewing the Fat with yours truly, Jeff Fisher. I'm thinking twice about recording this today right now because I thought that uh, the uh, the numbing medication from my dental appointment this morning would be worn off, and it's not really worn off. So it could be some drool issues in the middle of this. Good thing we're not uh, on video. And uh, that's one of the reasons I didn't do an Instagram uh, pre-show uh, update on uh, Jeff Fisher Radio Instagram because uh, the side, the right side of my face is still completely numb. I should have told the dentist, yo, half, just half a little numbness, okay? I got to be able to talk, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Thank you so much. I hope everybody had a great uh, holiday weekend. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in to some of the shows we did for the holiday weekend and I uh, appreciate it. We had a heck of a weekend, football-wise. We had a heck of a weekend, everything else. But look, this is chewing the fat. So let those other, you know, we'll we'll talk a little bit of sports. I've got a, a couple of great sports stories that are sports, but not really sports. But top of the fold for me today is what's happening around the world. And for those of you that are, don't look at me like, top of the fold, what do you mean by that? Okay. I'll explain it to you. All right, I'll explain it to you this one time. Top of the fold. In the days of newspapers, all right, the newspapers would fold in half. And that's where you would see the top headline. And the reason they called that the top fold is because when they put it in the newspaper machine, you would see the top fold. So that's the headline and the lead story and maybe a second story just kind of squeeze in along the bottom of there. So that's top of the fold. You see the date. Temperature, all, you know, newspaper, all the stuff on the top, all the stuff on the front page of the newspaper, top fold, top of the fold. You okay now? Happy? I know they don't exist anymore. There's very few newspaper boxes around. When you see them, they're all free and they're stuck in there and people are taking handfuls of them and throwing them all over. You see them blowing through the parking lot. Everybody, But those newspapers are the only ones that are thriving a little bit today. They're selling local ads. Good for them. But the big-time newspapers, stuff for them. So top of the fold for me today, a couple of quick headlines. A Chinese erotic writer uh, jailed for 10 years over erotic gay sex scenes. China blacklists millions of people from booking flights as social credit system introduced. Yay! Officials say aim is to make it difficult to move for those deemed untrustworthy. Coming to a country near you. And speaking of China, what's the world's most popular tourist destination? Well, by 2030, it will be China. Yay! That's their prediction. Now, right now, according to the World Atlas, uh, Spain, 76 point, or 75.6 million. U.S., 75.6 million. And France at number one with 82.6 million attracted travelers. Wow. So China is fourth now and looking to move up to number one. It's number four with a bullet on the charts. Ooh, I don't think we can say that anymore. 
the Billboard charts on the charts with a bullet. That's probably going to have to change. I wonder if they've changed that on the Billboard uh, on the Billboard charts. We should check that out. Look up uh, look up Billboard and see if they have a bullet next to the songs that are projected to shoot up the charts because it's probably probably not a bullet anymore. It used to be uh, you know number ten with a bullet. Also coming from China today, one of the things that we're trying to do, and you're not going to be able to stop it now, is creating children whose DNA has been tailored using gene editing. Now, a Chinese researcher uh, first edited the genes of a human embryo in a lab back in 2015. Think of that, three years. Uh, And I'm so way back in 2015. Uh, It sparked the global outcry and pleas from scientists not to make a baby using technology. (laughs) Right. So the invention of the gene editing tool CRISPR, C-R-I-S-P-R, uh, which is cheap. It's easy, easy to, to deploy. I can't even speak. See that? Still easy to deploy. Uh, that made birth humans genetically modified in an in vitro fertilization center made it possible for the others. Now, according to Chinese medical documents, a team at the Southern University of Science and Technology in Shenzhen has been recruiting couples in an effort to create the first gene-edited babies. They plan to eliminate a gene called the CCR5, and I hate that gene, man, CCR5, uh, in hopes of rendering the offspring resistant to HIV, smallpox, and cholera. So now what they're doing is the health of the baby, right? I mean, that's what's going to happen. Look, the birth of the first genetically tailored humans is going to be stunning. Uh, It'll prove controversial, of course. Uh, it eliminates uh, genetic disease and other enhancements that designer babies a new form of eugenics. Well, look, what's going to happen is you're going to end up having uh, babies that are tailored to your need, right? And, of course, the argument is going to be uh, editing genes could prevent crippling or deadly diseases in children. That's exactly what they're doing. It wouldn't stop there, though, of course. You know that. And uh, they're going to make babies... However you want. And then what happens to the kids? Look, the technology is here. And they're concerned about what happens to the kids uh, after they give birth or even just before. I mean, it goes on to talk about the claim that China has already made genetically altered humans. It comes just as the world's leading experts are jetting into Hong Kong. For, and why wasn't I invited to the second international summit on human genome editing? I mean, I didn't. First of all, I wasn't invited to the first one. Uh, but I really should have been invited to the second one of the international summit on human genome editing. Man, you want to, you want to talk about a party. <laughs> Those guys get together. <laughs> it is party. Now, the purpose of the meeting is to help determine whether humans should begin to genetically modify themselves if so well how and uh an elite biologists have been recruited back to china from the u.s as part of its thousand talents plan yeah the ttp look you'll be getting in, you'll be hearing more about that in the future guaranteed it's of course ethically charged uh because it changes the embryo uh how would it affect future generations and how would it, you know, affect, in fact, the entire gene pool? Uh, they don't, obviously, they don't know. Uh, 
And um, in a presentation last year, uh, posted, uh, you can find it on YouTube, the scientists described a very large series of preliminary experiment, experiments on mice, monkeys, and more than 300 human embryos. One risk of CRISPR, this is your, may cause anal bleeding. One risk of CRISPR is that it can introduce accidental or off-target mutations. May cause anal bleeding. But he claimed he found few or no unwanted changes in the test embryos. Oh, so that's fine. We're good then, right? Yes, we're fine. Don't worry about it. Now, of course, the reason that they're going to be keep this all secret, guaranteed. Uh, we, we're probably so far ahead of where they're telling us it's, you know, it's really frightening. Because a single case of failure of your uh, mutation will shut will kill the whole field, right? That single case of the, the mutated child, help, I'm a fly, help me. Single case of a mutation, and they're going to shut the place down. I mean, you're, you know, one, <laughs> we've, all, we've all seen the documentary, uh, it's a four-part series, uh, Jurassic Park, uh, that uh, what happens when you start messing with embryos. Now, Currently, using the genetically engineered embryo to establish a pregnancy is going to be illegal in much of Europe, prohibited in the United States, and it's also supposed to be prohibited in China under the 2003 Ministerial Guidance of IVF Clinics. <laughs> yeah, they're following that. Of course they are. <laughs> you can count on that. No problem. This also is a little scary. And there's, of course, it's for your health. And your safety. A new opinion poll, which carried out by the Sun Yat-sen University. Love them. You should see their their water polo team at Sun Yat University. Poof, the best. Found wide support for gene editing among the sampled 4,700 Chinese, including a group of respondents who were HIV positive. Of course, those are gonna, they're going to they're want it. More than 60% favored legalizing edited children. I love that. Edited children. If the objective was to treat or prevent a disease. Now, the Pew Research Center has found similar levels of support here in the U.S. for gene editing. And, of course, for edited children. The attempt to create children protected from HIV also falls into that treatment and enhancement gray area because they don't appear to cure any disease or disorder in the embryo, but instead attempts to create the health advantage, you know, which is just like the vaccine protects us against chickenpox. That's going to be their argument. Be ready for it. Now, so far, according to this story, experts have mostly agreed that gene editing shouldn't be used to make designer babies. <laughs> Do they? Do they agree on that? No. Edited babies in your neighborhood very soon. More news around the world coming to a country near you and a state and a city. Uh, High Tech Singapore planning to roll out a swarm of drones for tasks that include delivering parcels, inspecting buildings, and providing security. Now, 
we've all had the drone talk here in the U.S. And I've got uh, I've got another story later on in the in the podcast about the use of drones. That's fascinating. But these companies are already testing the devices for commercial use. Mostly, they want to use them for uh, shopping malls, uh, high rise buildings, security, and also for uh, testing and checking buildings. Right. So, and and again, they're using this. They want to tackle a manpower shortage in a country of just 5.6 million, which relies on foreign migrant workers in many low-paying sectors. Listen, I got a bunch of foreign migrant workers. We can send them to Singapore right now. They're down at the U.S.-Mexico border in Tijuana. We'll send them to Singapore right now. They can work for you. No problem. We're good. In fact, I'm guessing it would be cheaper for us to put them on a plane and fly them to Singapore than it is to what we're doing right now on the border. I don't know that, though. I haven't seen the numbers. Now, the commercial use of the unmanned aerial vehicles already taking off around the world, of course, as we see it everywhere. And we talked about the problems with, uh, you know, the aviation authority and and drones flying everybody everywhere. Of course, there's, you know, the drones that are using for uh, testing buildings, you know, the inspection of buildings. Those are easy. Right, they go up and down the buildings. They take pictures. They shoot them back. We see. We can check out all of that, uh, and we don't need workers outside the buildings on platforms testing those buildings and looking for uh, looking for errors. But you talk about uh, robotic guards. Um, at one, there these are already being used here in the U.S. too, as well, which I I think find fascinating. It's a command center shows a, a simulated com- security breach in a fence. And they send out the drones. And the drones drive the would-be criminals to the humans to be arrested. I mean, that's what the hunters are going to be doing, right? It used to be the hunters drive the drive the uh, hunted to the hounds. You send a bunch of people out into the woods and they walk toward the open field and it pushes all the deer out to the open field and you have two or three hunters out there on the other side of the field waiting for the best-looking deer to come out of the woods. Boom, that's their deer. That's deer hunting. It's not always dear done that way. It's just I'm aware of that happening in the past. Now, one of the things that you're going to have a problem with, right? You've got all these people flying drones and you're going to want to still have the people flying the recreational drones just for the fun of it. And so you're going to have to have flying zones for delivery drones and flying drones for hospital drones and who gets priority of airspace it's going to be, it's a, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. ACDC said that uh, years and years ago. Whenever I say it's a long way to the top, all I can think of is ACDC. Also, top of the fold, Google wants sensors. This is from The Blaze. And I found this fascinating because, duh, I mean, this, the, this headline should end with, duh, Google wants sensors and cameras in every room of your home to watch, analyze, you that's what their patents show duh they've been saying that forever uh eric schmidt has has been quoted and has been in speeches talking about uh we know where you are we know what you like uh the important of the importance of privacy ah you don't need that we are gonna we want to be able to know what you need before you do all right no problem. And you've already given up. You've already given up most of your privacy. So don't worry about it. It's all good now. Everything is, look, 
we're all being filmed. Um, we've already lost our individuality because of everything we do is observable. So give it up. Don't worry about it. And of course they do. Now, of course, we're the ultimate, right? We're the ultimate uh, yes or no. We could say yes or no. But the cameras that they're going to set up all over your house, uh, you know, we'll be able to identify the image uh, on a T-shirt or what you want. All the information can be analyzed and reported to Google's web whenever they look in on you. And, of course, you know, the algorithm will show, hey, you know, this is what we, you're low on milk. We've ordered milk and eggs for you. It will be delivered tomorrow at noon. Um, fascinating. Fascinating. Now, the patent, uh, they had a couple of patents out there that people are now reading and going, hey, um, that means you're going to want to know everything, right? <laughs> yeah. And they already do. We've already given them the rights. I mean, look, the regulation is up to us. We regulate yes or no. But at one point, I mean, I joked around the other day, just put the, I mean, I, I want to believe that we should be private and I should have my private time and my house is my kingdom and I want that, but I'm, I'm like, just put a chip in me, right? I mean, I like the idea that I have my phone and if I, I, I have a Samsung phone, I have Samsung televisions, I like the idea of being able to go, oh, I want to watch that video and push my push my tab and it goes to the TV it goes to a bigger screen so I can watch it there immediately there's no there's no plug in unplug plug in unplug this plug that do that no it's just button pushed now it's on my TV now it's on the big screen I mean I I love that so I've already given in is my TV listening to me probably yeah I'm eating another bowl of ice cream I shouldn't okay yeah, I'm slobbering down the right side of my mouth because they put too much numbing potion in my mouth for my dental. Oh, should not have let them do that. I've got to be able to, got to be able to talk and move and enunciate. It's very difficult. It's very difficult when I don't have <laughs> dental numbing agent in my mouth. This just makes it extra hard. You can quote me on that. <laughs> We've talked a bunch of times about uh, finding goods in, uh, you know, along the road. Uh, it kills me to drive by a bag or a suitcase that's left along the side of the road. I want to. I know that's going to have money in it. We've talked a lot about uh, buying old, you know, the uh, storage wars. Uh, while that's kind of uh, old news now, uh, and we realize that they kind of know now what's in the unit more. It's part of the filming process. I get it, but. There's plenty of old storage units that people are buying and you want to buy the one that, you know, for 50 bucks that has, uh, you know, $2,000 worth of stuff in it. I mean, that's what the storage wars is all about, right? You spend a hundred bucks and you go through it and hopefully you find a, you know, a cabinet that's worth $700. And, and, uh, you know, look, some of the characters on the show are a little agonizing, uh, no question, but you know, it's still, a man can dream. Man can dream. Well, come to find out, we have a man uh, from Storage Wars, uh, Dan Dotson. Uh, he was uh, approached by a woman who told him a story. So this is you know secondhand, second, almost thirdhand story of how it happened. But uh, he posted his video on Facebook, and uh, 
talks about the woman who bought a storage unit for 500 bucks. She buys a unit for 500 bucks. Nobody's paid for it. It's up for auction. She buys it for 500. There was a safe inside the storage unit. She brought in a safe cracker. Cracks open the safe. $7.5 million inside this safe. That's a good buy. A $500 storage unit for $7.5 million in cash. Now, after she purchased the unit, and uh, she said, oh, there's a safe in it, she gets a phone call from a lawyer who claims to be representing the owner of the original unit. The lawyer's reaching out with hopes of coming to an agreement, I bet you are, to get most of the money back. Uh, the original owner's lawyer initially offered the new owner 600000 in exchange to return the money. So there's 7.5. All right, so you get 600000 you give back $6.9 million. I think I might have said, mm, you know, no. How about this? How about I keep it? And you tell your client uh, he should have remembered to pay the damn storage unit knowing he had $7.5 million in a safe inside. But that's not what happened. Because the person who bought the storage unit started to feel bad. And so they went back and he said, look, give me $1.2 million. You can have the rest. I'll give it back to you. And that was the deal. So for 500 bucks, she makes at least what, I don't know what else is in it. I don't know how much the safe is worth, you know, whatever, whatever else you could sell out of it. But for 500 bucks, she gets at least 1.2 million and she feels better about, well, I would have felt bad about spending the money knowing that the owner had left it in the, what is the difference? If I buy a storage unit, I know that someone has put things in there, whether good or bad that they love, right? And so they didn't make the payments. They knew it was in there. And now they knew the deal. You sign the paperwork when you get the storage units. You know the deal. And I buy it. So if I call this lady and say, oh, that Tupperware cup was my grandma's. Can I have it back? No. You should have paid the bill. But $7.5 million I'm supposed to make a deal for? I don't know. Okay. I guess, you know, I guess you want to live with yourself. That's, I wouldn't have taken the 600000 I'd give you the $1.2 million. All right, there's $7 million in the safe. You're giving, I'm taking at least a million. At least. You know what? In fact, I may take one point five. And then, in fact, I might say, I'll tell you what, I'll give you one point five, And I'll take the rest. It's my damn storage unit now. How about that? There you go. I feel better now because I've given you a little cash out of your safe. Out of what once was your safe. But it's mine now. So maybe I give you the 1.2. And I keep the rest. But I'm not giving up more than what was in there. Away. Away. I don't care how good you're supposed to feel after that. That's yours, darn it. You should have paid the bill. I say that, but then if I forget to pay my storage unit bill, I want my stuff back. Okay, come on now, please. I just, I missed a bill. Okay, I'm sorry. I missed a bill. Please. 
Now, we talked last week a little bit about um, uh, the person in South Carolina or persons who have not turned in the ticket to collect the $1.5 billion on the bag of money, right? Still sitting out there. Money's still sitting in a pot waiting for somebody to collect it. And they have six months, I think. So they've got until April until uh, before it goes away completely. But there was a couple in Louisiana uh, cleaning the house for Thanksgiving. And they're cleaning the house, getting the house all slicked up, and they're, you know, getting ready for the holidays. And as they're cleaning up the bedroom, the wife says, oh, there's an old lottery ticket. Wonder if it's worth anything. $1.8 million. Now, I've, I can't tell you how many lottery tickets I've pulled out. I wonder if it's worth anything. <clears throat> of course not. It's not worth anything, loser. Buy another slushie in here and buy another ticket. This one, however, is worth $1.8 million. How sweet is that? Two weeks. Two weeks before the deadline of it going away. I mean, they just made it in time. So sweet. I mean, that, that, now you can. I, I want to be. I want to be happy for them, and I want to say, "Oh, that's great, good for them." But then I almost want to say, "You know what? You're not worth it. You're not worth it. You should not be able. If you had a winning ticket, nah, I'm just joking." You have that amount of time. You buy the ticket. You find it's yours, right? Because if somebody has lost that ticket, that mega money for one point five billion, I mean, you really do want them to find it before the deadline. If they find it after the deadline, they'll probably end it, right? I mean, what kind of life are you, what kind of life are you going to have after? You, I could have had one point five billion. Of course, you could travel around with the ticket, outdated. And uh, go to work for the lottery, telling, helping them uh, promote, remind people to look at their numbers. You're welcome, by the way, for this uh, million-dollar idea. Even though you're a loser, it's not really a million-dollar idea. Could have had been $1.5 billion idea if you'd have just found the ticket and not lost it before the... But that would... I mean, if you were in a storm... Like, that's what I'm concerned about. I think someone got, you know, maybe a flood uh, in their car or in their home. Uh, during the hurricane when that was going on in South Carolina and they, the ticket's gone, right? I mean, it's just gone. It doesn't matter. You could say, well, I know I bought a ticket, but it's gone. I mean, it doesn't matter, right? That would be a sad day. But I would say that if you live in South Carolina, I would clean every inch of my home. I would clean every inch of my automobile in between the seats everywhere, I would not throw out any trash. <laughs> if I knew I had a lottery ticket and I didn't know what the numbers were, I would move heaven and earth to find that ticket. And then the ticket would not be the correct ticket if it were me. So good luck to you having the make it the right ticket. <laughs> All right, let's uh I am thirsty. Let's go to the let's go to the break room. Have a drink of water. So let's say you find a lottery ticket for $1.8 million, $1.7 million, even just a million. And you uh, think to yourself, man, I got I to gotta sell my house and buy a new one. What are you going to do? You going to do it on your own? Why would you do that? Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's real simple. The olden days are gone. You put a for sale sign out front. People stop by, pay you the money. You move out, they move in. That doesn't work anymore. You can put a for sale sign out in front of your house. Absolutely, you can. 
And it can sit there and sit there and sit there. And then you can decide to get another company and put another for sale sign out and sit there and sit there and sit there. Or go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Look, Mercury Real Estate Services, uh, it's something that Glenn started a while ago uh, because he couldn't sell his house. And it was a frustrating uh, procedure that uh, went on forever. And it didn't seem like it was ever going to win. And he figured there had to be a better way and found it. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Ever wonder what they do with people who die and nobody knows them, nobody claims them, right? So in at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center on their campus, there's a final resting place, uh, you know, between the trees and a busy road and it's tucked away. And there's a plaque there that talks about uh, in memory of those who have graciously helped further the advancement of medical science. So if you die in a county, and this is a specific story talking about Dallas County, uh, which actually we're sitting in as we speak uh, from uh, Irving, Texas, but it is in Dallas County. Um, they dead whose families didn't want them or whom researchers rejected. If, if nobody picks them up at the morgue, the medical examiner sends them to the University of Texas medical building and they can take them or leave them for medical science. They get tested. Uh, they don't take them all. They don't take children. Um, but the medical examiner ran out of space last year. All right. Now, they don't know what to do with the bodies. They want. They don't want to, you know, if you, I was reading this story. Okay, so this week, the county commissioners voted to use a local cemetery to bury the cremated remains of the people whose families abandoned them or can't afford a funeral. Why? Why are you wasting land? Okay, I know this is going to sound horrible. But why are we wasting land for to bury humans? It seems like a waste, especially when there's a method which commissioners in Dallas nixed, uh, used by the medical school that liquef. And I, this sounds bad, but it, you're already dead, all right. Liquefies remains that can be dumped in the sewer and leaves behind bone that can be scattered at sea. Why? Why are we doing that? Apparently, that's distasteful. No, it's not. I mean, I'm sorry, it just isn't distasteful. Now, what is distasteful? Maybe we should try to sell it by saying, by not using the... We could just dump it in the sewers. We could liquefy the bodies and just dump it in the sewers. That always feels like a bad plan. Maybe you put, sell it another way. You know, maybe we liquefy the bodies and we dump it on a farm field, the dead field, something like that. Right? But now they already have... Um, uh, ashes where they were cremating them and they were throwing them over the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. I'm okay with that too. Now, come to find out that uh, uh, bodies, uh, burials, where medical examiner can't identify the person uh, is uh, bodies that are weighing more than 600 pounds. I mean, that would seem to me, as a fellow 
800-pound human being. It would seem to me that I would be the last one they'd want to bury. That's a lot. I'm good for that. Two or three bodies go where I go. I mean, liquefy it, baby. Put it, of course, that might be. I don't know how much liquefying juice you have to put in the six. <laughs> might be a little bit extra for the six for me. Then if I do, that's not enough. We didn't quite liquefy it all. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Put it, add more, add more. Now, they're waiting for a solution here in Dallas, which is fascinating. They don't know what they're going to do. I think they're going to they're try. There's, there's places that have offered to bury them. Um, they've rejected a proposals by county officials to partner with the for the disposal of the cremains with the university. Um, the vault is still full, though. Got to do something. The bodies are building up. They don't want to use a vendor that does the ashes over the Gulf of Mexico. Like I said, I don't understand that. Texas law allows the state uh, anatomical board to cremate the bodies or to use a process called the alkaline hydrolysis. That's the body cremation, baby. That's a process that accelerates the decomposition of the human body, turns it into liquid. They place the body in a stainless steel chamber with water and lye and then heat it to a temperature that can exceed 300 degrees. Just depends on the machine. A few hours later, brown-colored liquid is left, and the bones are still there. So you get the bones and the brown-colored liquid. And the bones are so brittle that they can just be crushed into ash. Okay, So, again, in this story, they talk about it can be poured into the sewer system. I think we need to rethink that sales job. I think we pour the brown-colored liquid on somewhere else other than the sewer system. Because everybody thinks the sewer system, while we're okay with rats running around in the sewer system, when you start thinking about pouring sludge and goo down in the sewage system, you know that it's going to come back to your drinking water. You just do. We're okay with that. We figure you've done a good job at uh, at uh, keeping the rat poop out. But we're not sure you're going to do a good job keeping the human. Now, the CEO of BioResponse Solutions... In Indiana, the company that makes the alkaline hydrolysis machines. If you took some coffee and squirted liquid detergent Dawn on it, it's about what you're putting down the drain. It's got a little ammonia odor to it. That's it. <laughs> so that might be his sales job, actually. Is just, just throw, you can throw it down the sewer. Just replace it down the sewer. I don't want to replace it down the sewer. I don't want body sludge down the sewer. I get it. Look, it's just like squirting some Dawn and coffee. That's all you're doing when you're putting it down. It's got a little ammonia odor to it. Okay. <laughs> Joe Wilson, maybe rethink the sales job a little bit. <laughs> That's fine. Get a little brown sludge. You, you hose out the, ho- the bones and you're good. You crush the bones up, you throw them in the ocean. You're fine. <laughs> but what are they doing in your city? I mean, it, this is this is just Dallas County, right? Now, uh, this system of getting rid of the body is gaining ground. It's legal in more than a dozen states. It's not legal here in Texas yet. Uh, they introduced a bill last year that would allow the funeral homes to do it, but uh, the state um, did not pass the bill. I mean... 
They're already doing it. And think of the land that we're saving. I mean, we're I know burials are, are a special thing and close to people's hearts, but this is for people who no one is accepting. No one, and I realize that, you know, the commissioners are saying everybody's got a story and everybody's life is important. Yes. Yes, they are. But in the end, no one was there to give them any love. No one knew them. So while we're responsible for taking care of them, it also costs a lot of money. So maybe we just, maybe we just liquefy the bodies, crush up the bones, and put them on one spot so that on this plot of land is 8,000 bodies, goo and bones, all on this. So if you can go and pay your respects, you go, you go, you go and pay your respects. You grow some, we grow some flowers. We grow some plants. We grow a couple of trees. And every, every time we add new bodies, we just you know, erase it on the chalkboard and add another one. And we say a prayer when we throw it on the land, and we're done. I like that idea. That's my plan. Throw it on the ground, say a prayer, we're done. A couple of quick headlines uh, for you before uh, before we wrap it up today. Um, internet delivered via 7,000, via, via, 7,000 SpaceX satellites could yield uh, $30 billion by 2025. Uh, good for him. Uh, Elon Musk has FCC approval for those satellites, by the way, orbiting the globe. Also, Elon Musk said he's ready to die on Mars. <laughs> he has another battle with the SEC. Uh, he may have to just go to Mars. Um uh, he said, uh, in seven years' time, but coming back successfully looked unlikely. Uh, also in uh, space, uh, quasars are disappearing. Did you know that? Scientists have a few working theories they don't really know as to why some of the radiant celestial bodies are going out. But they don't know. Black Friday, uh, think of this, uh, Black Friday, historic, you know, everybody talks about e-commerce and it's Cyber Monday today, and of course, since it's Cyber Monday, you can uh, buy stuff at uh, the Blaze. Uh, you can get Blaze merchandise, like the Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher chew- drinking mug or a t-shirt, shop.theblaze.com, shop.theblaze.com. Now, I'll tweet that out, at Jeffy MRA. I'll put it up on Facebook, uh, Jeff Fisher Radio, and my Instagram, uh, Jeff Fisher Radio today, so that, uh, you know, you can, I'll give you the link so you can get the deal, okay? (laughs) Man, back off me. Now, also in Ohio, uh, businesses are starting to uh, pay their taxes uh, in Bitcoin. Uh, Good luck for them. I hope that works out for them. I know that uh, we were expecting Bitcoin to uh, shoot out over $8 billion uh, by Christmas. Actually, 40000 said Tika, Tika Tawari. No one you see knows cryptos like he. Uh, but uh, we'll see how that goes because it looks as though, and I am not an investment person. I am, I've been broke all my life. There's a reason for that. I spend what I make, and it's gone. There's a, there's a word called... Uh, called 
savings. And I don't believe in that word. So <laughs> if you believe in it, God bless your heart. But I have no idea how. I mean, I'm just daylight to dollar short. But uh, Bitcoin, I think, is like around 4000 now, something like that. And uh, I know that uh, Tika, Tika Tawari, no one you see knows cryptos like he, uh, was saying that it was going to be 40000 by Christmas. Better hop sing. Better speed up, man. Get on that SpaceX rocket. Let's go. Let's get this thing climbing if it's going to be 40000 No question about that. And uh, news from, uh, from a, uh, a time traveler. And I bet you didn't even know those existed anymore, did you? Did you? You didn't even know they existed anymore, did you? No, I didn't think so. This particular time traveler claims to know who will replace Donald Trump as president of the United States. Now, I am a fan of time travelers because some of them go thousands of years ahead. Some of them, well, it's time travel, Jeff, duh. I mean, they go anywhere, any amount of years they want. They all go forward, though. Forward and then back to now. No one goes back. Weird. Anyway, uh, this uh, particular time traveler, uh, Noah, uh, claims that he traveled from a not-too-distant future where time travel is accessible to many. Oh, good. And I guess that's the year 2030. So at 2030, time travel is accessible to many. Um, He explained, uh, for the United States of America, the next president will be Donald J. Trump. Uh, It's not opinion, it's fact. Okay, I'm a time traveler, I'm telling you. According to Noah, the next U.S. president in the wake of Trump will be a 21-year-old woman. Her name will be Yolanda Renee King. If she sounds familiar, it's because she's the granddaughter of civil rights movement activist Martin Luther King. That's what he claims. All right? So mark it on your calendars. That's who's the next president. I'm pretty sure that there's a legal thing with our constitution about people being president at the age of 21 can they do it oh no they can't so that would have to change another uh soothsayer uh i like to call him a futurist uh no let's not call him that that's too good of a word um apparently he's got a series of twitter videos that are fascinating and we're going to break them down for you but we're not going to break them all down for you today because I've got to go through and listen to them all. But I, this was sent to me this weekend, and it is fascinating. Now, the video is just his face and a flashlight or a light up underneath it. So you get the idea. And if you haven't seen uh, the, the soothsayer, Randy Quaid, in quite some time, you know he's got the big beard and he's still, you know, I don't know if he's all on his meds or if he's completely off his meds. But he has that look of off his meds. And uh, he tweeted this this weekend. So I just want to leave you with a now a word from Randy Quaid. Migrants at the southern border will not be allowed into the United States until their claims are individually approved in court. We only will allow those who come into our country legally. Other than that, our very strong (laughs) policy is catch and detain. No releasing into the U.S. All will stay in Mexico. If for any reason it becomes necessary, we will close our southern border. 
There is no way the United States will, after decades of abuse, put up with this costly and dangerous situation anymore. That is fantastic. We've got to go through all the rest of them because I have a feeling, it's just, it just a feeling that he doesn't believe that. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't live in the U.S. anymore anyway. He may be a citizen still, but I think he lives in Canada. He was house-sitting or house-robbing or house-stealing some place in Canada. Or he and his girlfriend were house-robbing a place in California and then had to flee to Canada. Remember that weird video of him in the apartment in Canada? I'm going to stop giving you Randy Quaid history because I want to give you Randy Quaid history knowing facts and dates of these videos and facts and dates of when he has uh, fully medicated up and been off his meds for quite some time. Chewing the fat. Remember, subscribe, rate, review. I only ask a couple things. That's all. And I know you're busy. So if you're listening to this, just make sure you click the subscribe button. And so, you know, I know, again... I know you're busy. You know, the family, it's coming up on the holidays. So you can rate and review any way you want. But if you just make it easy on yourself, just rate it 20 stars and review it best podcast ever, and you're done. It's real simple. That's all you need to do. And then, look, if you find it in your heart, share it with someone. But you don't have to do that right now. All I'm asking you to do right now is subscribe, rate, review. That's all. Look at you. You're doing it already. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow.